Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to Sports Betting Podcast from Pregame.com for November 19th, 2009. I'm your host, R.J. Bell. I'm joined by Vegas Runner, genuine professional better here in Las Vegas, Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business. This is segment one of six, big game preview, Ohio State, Michigan. What's the line, Vegas Runner? All right, this one opened up at Ohio State minus 12, so they're 12-point road favorite with a total 46. As of this morning, Ohio State's still minus 12, but the total's gone up to 47.5, so definite money coming in on the over for this game. Okay. Now, Marco, as a handicapper, what is the biggest factor that jumped out at you on this game? Uh, Michigan needs this game to become bowl eligible. Yep, six it, wins. It, their season's right here. If they don't win, this season's over. Outside of the fact that this is their biggest rivalry game every year, this is it for the season. Now, it could Rod- be Rodriguez's job. Yeah, now, so Co- now I've heard, and again, I'm no expert, that he's got next season. That said, and people who are not Midwestern guys, and, and I actually went to high state, is... When Treshel took the job, he stood up and said, 260 days from now, which was exactly when the Michigan game was, whatever the math of it was, you were going to be proud of this Ohio State team. He established on day one that you can measure me by this Michigan team or this Michigan series. Sure. And it really is two ways. It's, it's not as if Michigan, actually, there's something funny. Is Bruce Springsteen, I don't know if you guys saw this, played in Detroit. Yeah. And he said, yeah, welcome, yeah. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> because it's going to be back in Ohio. And it, it, let's just say they weren't too happy. Yeah, I saw And that. Woody Hayes, literally, when he would recruit Michigan, would gas up the car in Ohio all the way to the full and then drive up, recruit, and then wouldn't get gas up there because he didn't want to pay Michigan State tax. <laughs> that, that's a true story, and that's the kind of rivalry this is. So on the Ohio State side, you can't question the motivation because someone might say, hey, they're already uh, in the Rose Bowl. doesn't matter if they win or lose. Trestle, High State, this matters to them as much as any game. And clearly Michigan because of the bowl eligibility. So I don't think motivation is an issue here. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And if you want to put a little more history in Ohio State, there was a coach there prior to Trestle, uh, Cooper, that did everything but win, won everything except he couldn't beat Michigan, and it you know cost him his job. Couldn't win you bowl know. games, yeah. Well, but I, I think they would live more with losing a bowl game than losing to All Michigan. Right, so we know max motivation, which usually favors the competitive underdog. Vegas Runner, what is the one handicapping factor that most jumped out for you? Uh, the only thing I've seen Michigan have success at so far this season is running the ball, and that's the only thing you won't have success doing against Ohio State, who's number three in college football against the rush. So I really think that's going to be the deciding factor here. They're going to get Michigan from 
down, and then it's going to be trouble if they have to pass the ball. I, I lean Ohio State. So you have a, a clear lean, high state. Definitely. I, I, I agree with you. I think they're even more motivated knowing if we beat this team, they won't be bowl eligible. And I think the scare against Iowa, only winning by a field goal in overtime, is enough to motivate them that they have to bring their A game. Now, we previewed Ohio State-Iowa, and one of the things I talked about was profiling teams. Is this a team that you want to be laying a big number with? Right. Is this a team that you want to, uh, you know, like Oklahoma we've been talking about, is a team that's not afraid to run it up right. when they're a road favor. Ohio State, to me, is a team I want to be an underdog. I'm much more comfortable against the USC maybe getting seven or six and a half than I am laying a big number. Um, so I'm not so sure that it's a great spot for Ohio State laying the big number. Do you have a lean on this game, Marco? Right now, I have a lean to Michigan and in rivalry games like this, generally speaking, you want to first look for the dogs. Find a re- You have to have a good reason to go to the favorites when you, you deal with rivalry games. Then whenever you have a situation where one team's already got their goal for the season sewed up, now the other team has a little more motivation. So that's why I would lean to the Michigan side here. With their offense and given what you just said about Ohio State, even if you're down 14, 17 points in this game, you've always got that backdoor capability with the Michigan offense. And that's something that you know, because coaches that play tight, you know, one of my, you know, games that I used last week, and it was uh, Vegas Runners free pick, was Notre Dame. You know, that's a factor in handicapping. Wanstat plays, you know, conservative when he gets to a certain point. The head coach of Pitt. The head coach of Pitt in Notre Dame with a, a high potent offense is able, was able to come back and get a backdoor cover in a game that, you know, even though we won it, really, for three and a half quarters, we're on the wrong side in the game. Well, you're going to win some that you're not supposed to, and you're going to lose some you're not supposed to. So hopefully those even out. All right, so and he makes a good point. If Ohio State does get up 14, 17 points, Ohio uh, State's conservative in general. Correct. Up double digits, they're extra conservative. You know Michigan isn't going to give up. So I would say, and think about it, if you look at – uh, winning possibilities is a hundred units or hundred percentage point spectrum, and you might say if the lines maker is exactly right, fifty is going to fall on one side of the number, fifty is going to fall on the other. But on the fifty that's going to fall a certain way, so let's say you have a lean towards a high state, so let's say you think it's fifty-five, forty-five. Let's say the question is how. Are you going to get to those 55? A certain amount of time a high state's going to win by 30. A certain amount of time they're going to score a late touchdown. Right. That's the way to look at it because it's that likelihood in each given spot. To me, when I look at the Michigan side of their 50 or 55 or 45 percent, whatever opinion you have on the game, I'm thinking the backdoor cover is an inordinate chunk of their win likelihood than in a, in a normal situation. Michigan can throw the ball. High State's going to get conservative when they're up. You're getting double digits. Does that concern you? Not at all. I, because I, <laughs> no, I, not not at all. I, because I, I think this Ohio State team is one of the most underrated teams in college football. Give me a stat. I, since they lost to Boise State, since they lost that, oh, to, what's it, yeah, to USC, the opening game, they've won eight of nine. More importantly, they've Are covered. You, that eight, Boise State, you got to worry. Oregon, against, against, the Oregon right? who yeah. lost 
lost against uh, Boise State. They're they're eight and three against the spread with a nine and two record, and pretty much no respect this team has gotten all year. I mean, it, Iowa's quarterback was out. That's the only reason they were seventeen points favorites last week. Now, this did, Michigan. Did you watch the game? I say uh, uh, not all of it. No, I, did you I watch didn't. Again? I, I, didn't I watched a little bit it. of the game. Well, any takeaways from that game? Because clearly, they, they I, I think they went in thinking this was going to be a cakewalk. Because you're going up against a freshman quarterback, and you got a great defense. The Rose Bowl's on the line, and you think there was motivation issues? Uh, uh, no, no, not motivation issues. I, I just think they, they didn't think they were going to be in for a battle. Now, wait, real quick. The Rose Bowl was on the line last week. High State's got That's the it. Rose They're in. They're in. It's confirmed. It's a situation that we always talk about the injured player theory, that there's a bit why we like to take the injured team. The step because up, yeah. The injured team always brings it up an extra notch to compensate for the loss, but psychologically, the opponent gets that you know we just caught a break we're missing you know the star player this, there. people don't understand how bad this Michigan team is defensively they're not ranked better than 80th in any college in any category so let me ask you a question in defensively is we got a new feature at pregame.com is today in sports batting is there's a podcast every day uh, I did it yesterday. noon eastern time and I was the first guest on Monday and I talked about how you can learn actually even on a given Saturday things you can use later that day and I thought one of the learning opportunities was when Penn State which you really like yep. didn't perform well again against Indiana, then it made you question maybe how good a high state was because high state beating Penn State was, was a real state. Yeah, yeah, true. Is, as you look at Penn State underperforming, you still look at a high state as an underrated team. I, right I think now. they're extremely underrated. Uh, according to the odds makers, he's got them seventh and the AP's got them ninth. So it's not a big difference between them. But I think the public perception, the betting public, I don't see a lot of people that cash tickets with this 8 and 3 ATS record of Ohio State. They they haven't been heavily backed any of the weeks. All right. Well, good stuff. That was segment one. Next up, more college football. We're going to be looking at Mississippi and LSU. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six, big game preview, college football, LSU, Mississippi. Vegas Runner, what's the line? All right, this one opened up Mississippi as a minus three and a half point home favorite with a total of 42. As of this morning, they are minus four and 42 and a half. So just a small amount of money on the favorite. Okay, and all line moves are not created equal. That's the a truth. move from three and a half to four is much less significant than a move from three and a half to three Absolutely. onto a key number. Boy, this is a great example of how Vegas just is totally indifferent to the polls. Yep. On one hand, last week we had Iowa High State. Now, it was an injury situation, right. but still, double-digit 17 points or whatever it was. Now, here you got this Mississippi team who started the year in the top 10, has had a huge, you know, hugely disappointing year. Now they're at home, and, and really, say, Vegas is saying that Mississippi's a little bit better. better. Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. All right, Marco, so as a handicapper, what's the one factor that really jumps out at you in this game? Well, what jumped out to me is this is a huge revenge game for LSU. They got drilled last year, 31-13 to 13 at home. But the point I want to make about that game is it was late in the season, and LSU's season had just unraveled at the end of last year. And Mississippi, I think, took advantage of a team that, in my opinion, last year threw the towel in at the end of the season. They held them to 30-something yards rushing. They totally annihilated them. Right. So let's think about this a second, though. 
one of the things you talk about a lot is misleading finals is you can look at a score and say this either because statistically you know a team let's say had four turnovers had a bunch of yards and they got beat that's a type of misleading final another type is there was a scheduling situation or a motivational situation that either made one of the teams play poorly or one of the teams play a lot better and then so there's all these ways where the final can be misleading but what's the significance? When we talk about revenge, it's usually about the motivation of the team that was beat, right? So if a team got beat, especially by a team they don't think should beat them, they're going to be extra motivated to play well the next, you know, remember last year kind of thing. So the fact that it might have been misleading last year that Mississippi put a whooping on LSU, how does that affect the revenge factor? Well, for to me, for the LSU team, is as I'm looking at it, they threw the towel in last year. So they, they had a poor game, and this year they're going to make amends for it. I leaned to LSU in the game. Right, but, so, but it increases the motivation because they think that wasn't representative of what we really are, and they're going to see what we really are this year. Absolutely, and they did it on their home field. I mean, everybody knows how tough it is to win you know, at LSU, and I, I don't know if it was a night game last year or not. I didn't look that up. But the other point of it is if Mississippi went into LSU last year and put that kind of whooping on them, and Mississippi came into this year ranked, like we said, there was high expectations on Mississippi, why then is the line only three and a half? Why did it only open three and a half in this game? Wait a minute. You, you're saying you think the line's short? For Are you the, what, team, I mean, what's LSU ranked? LSU's ranked number 10 in the AP, 10 in the USA Today. And Mississippi's unranked? Not ranked. Not ranked. And they're a home favorite of four points, and you think the line's short? Ba based on uh, last year, the way these two teams come in. LSU's playing well. No, 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 no. You started mumbling. So anyway, <laughs> what are you trying to say here? This, If anything, you look at this line and say, Jesus, it's high. Is is Vegas is, is telling you we think Mississippi's better than you think. Well, that's what Vegas is saying. I'm not. Oh, no, which is fine, but, but you, you can't. What did you put this number at when you were thinking about it? You know, there's you no, the I know that the line came, that last week they played a, a Tennessee team that had some suspensions last week. So that score is a little bit misleading. But that was Mississippi's best game of the year. And they, they did and it they on TV. They were favored in that game. They by were like favored. Six, six and a half, mm -hmm. right? They won 42 to 17. Right, so one good performance. So again, he's like he's like on the stand, not wanting to tell the answer. <laughs> what did you make this number? I had the number at five in this game. Wow. All right, VR, what is the one factor? So you like Mississippi. The fact that it's low, you know I do it the mm -hmm. other way out. The fact that it came out at three and a half, where to me is just over the field goal, it's just basically overpick the winner, it's making me like the dog in the game. All right, so for, and, and the thing is, we get a lot, and VR, you're not getting to talk a lot here. Sorry, right, so I'm listening. Just deal with it. I'm listening. All right, we're going to talk a lot with you, no Don't doubt worry. about it. All right, so for new watchers and listeners, and we get that all the time, is new people. Explain in 60 seconds, you're saying you made the number five, the number comes out at three and a half, which makes you think, wow, you like the favor. You're saying it makes you like the dog. That seems counterintuitive. Explain it. Well, it is, and it's hard to explain to most people, but this is the way I've made a living doing this 30 years. The Vegas line is a number that wants to get 
equal betting. When they shade it a certain way, they're trying to tip the scale to entice people what they think they need to do to balance the books. And when they do that, I go the other way because I want to be on the other side of that. Because you think this line is saying we want LSU action. Oh, no, excuse me, we want Mississippi. Mississippi action. Right. But it, and, and though I don't really feel in sync with your approach a lot, the fact that you are a long-term winner makes me respect it. But, but it seems to me when you have a road team that's in the top ten in the nation getting points, it seems like they want LSU action which makes you like it would seem like they want LSU action here if anyone that's just a USA Today type handicapper says top 10 team unranked team I'm getting more than a field goal so do you really think that the line is saying we want Mississippi action again I factor in last year's scores whenever I do my stuff if a team can go on the road last year and kill a team and then they're supposed to have come into this year as a better team because of the people they brought back you know it's the people they had last year that whooped this team that goes into my thinking process all right, VR, what's the, we're actually got about two and a half minutes. Real quick, my, the my, my factor is I, I think Mississippi's the extremely underrated team coming in. Uh, I, I went back and looked what would this line be back in June, July, and they had Mississippi minus three and a half back then. And if you remember coming into the season, Mississippi was one, supposed to be one of the top three teams in the nation, and it was three and a half. Real quick, we then. get this question all the time, and, and I'm sorry, but sure. it's a good point, is when you're talking about these early lines, it was the, the lines they put on the marquee game, Games in Before the, summer, the season even begins, and you just logged all those, and that's what you quote exactly. Now. But these lines aren't because everyone's not aware. No, no, I'm sorry, it. they're not available anymore. You have up until the season begins. So usually, much. this is they pick a bunch of marquee games in the NFL. They pick all the games. Right. They put a line out, and you're saying the perception as of July versus the perception. That's now. what I like to look back right, at and see if it, if it supports it. And I don't think it does. I think this Mississippi team's extremely. Underrated um, odds makers poll has him at 15, only four spots below LSU. So to my, me, I, I thought this line's a bargain for Mississippi. Um, I, I think it might go even higher, but the bet, betting public is going to take LSU. That I'm sure of. The dogs ain't one in this series. Um, the other thing about LSU, you can't forget, this team's 0-9 in November against the spread. So they never do good at the end of the season when the pressure's on. And and I think now 8-2 going up against 7-3, there's a lot of positive here from Mississippi. This LSU offense can't score. Both these teams got it done with defense. The advantage Mississippi has is they can score their 28th in scoring offense while LSU 74th. They can't score points. They won't get it done on the road. Now that was a concise presentation. So lean, strong lean to? Yes sir. Mississippi minus four. And Marco? LSU plus the four. All right. Any bets between you two? Want to put quick I'll on take it? it. I'll take a dime. I like Mississippi. I'll, get, I'll give you a dime. You want a dime? Honestly, well, the standard on the show has been a nickel. Uh, so. I'll go Nick. I, I give you six. I give you six points because you're my boy. They'll cover a touchdown. They're gonna cover what kind of wise guy gives two free points? I'm going to the bet. The Lions four. Four it is. All right. Four, four it, is. it is. Four it is. All right. You know me. I like to make my own handicap. All right. Good stuff. Because <laughs> what kind of wise guy? <laughs> All right. Next up is going to be another college game in the Pac-10. We're going to preview. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. This is segment three of six, big game preview. In the Pac-10, we have Oregon and Arizona. 
First up, Vegas Shiner, what's the line on this game? All right, Oregon opened up as a five-point road favorite with a total of 57. As of this morning, Oregon's now minus six, and the total's up to 60. So money's coming in on the favorite and the over for sure. But money on the favorite early could mean wise guys looking to buy back a little later in the week. And this is something we talk about a good bit, and you're an expert on, is reading the market. And usually, if the favorite has a move, it's one of two things. Is the wise guys really like it? Or they're looking to buy back later and they want to start the momentum that way. And this way. will not qualify as true steam at all. All right. And if typically if it's a move to the dog, it's usually a genuine yep. position because the public is unusually, it's going to be unusual for the public to bat the dog. Absolutely. Okay. Marco, as a handicapper, now, VR, you've got your official free pick this yes, week sir. on this, this game. Yes, sir. This is the game that I'm giving and, the pick. Uh, the streak on the line. you got a good streak. We were all 3-0 last week combined, so we'll get back to you. But first up, Marco, what's the key factor from a handicapping perspective? When I broke the game down looking at the Arizona games that they've played, I think they're an undervalued commodity that they're flying under the radar you got Oregon, you got Stanford, and, and you did have Southern Cal till they've puked themselves all over the place the last couple weeks. But this Arizona team's been in all of their games this year. Their last three losses, they've lost by an average of seven points or less in each of the games. Last week's game, very misleading game against California. They, um, the final margin of eight points, Cal scored a late touchdown in that game uh, in the final two minutes to get that final margin. All right, so your first impression as a handicapper, we have an underrated Arizona team. Yes. Now, before you go into your pick spiel, you had Arizona, or excuse me, you had Cal last yes, week. Yes, I did. So as you looked at that game, do you agree with Marco? Was it a misleading final? Or I, Yeah, I think they, they got beat in the one area they haven't been beaten all season. And that's the reason I am going to back this team this week. All right, so give us your pick. Um, the reason and the biggest factor for me is this team is great against the run. Um, We're talking about Arizona? Arizona. Right. Prior to letting Cal run all over them, the reason they lost that game, they only allowed 65 yards and 59 yards rush in the prior two games both of them at home and this team's 5-0 and at home so they play extremely well at their stadium and when you look at this Oregon team they're strictly running that's all they do they're 100th in NCAA in passing and they come in 7th rushing so having a team like Arizona who's good against the run that got run over last week I think we're looking at a motivated defensive team that knows they're going to be called out the have to step up to stop the run. They showed me all season they're capable of doing that. I think they do it again this week. I love Oregon. I mean, excuse me, Arizona plus the points. Arizona plus the points. I agree with the Arizona play and to elaborate on me thinking that the score was misleading. I had California last week also, so for me to say that it was misleading when I had the winning side, Arizona. But it's very I, important to be honest. Yeah, you have to as go a handicapper. The, score. the worst kind of poker player, and Marco's a great handicapper mm. and an average poker player. <laughs> he always says, "Oh, I got such bad breaks. I should have had this." And it's like so, at some point you want to hear him play, say, right. "Yeah, you want to hear him say, man, I got so lucky." It's only the one outers. Maybe you'll hear that. But as a handicapper, it's very important to be honest when you do a good handicap and when you do a bad one. So, but go ahead. Uh, Cal was outgained in that 
game last week, 357 to 274. You know, so I, I think we got a, a value with Arizona this week. The stock on Oregon is as high as it's been all year. Everybody, you know, loves Oregon. They had the misstep against Stanford, but, you know, it was, it, it was excusable. Well against ASU. There's a concern, you guys, that we have a team, Oregon, with two losses, and Boise was one on the road. You know, Boise at home is tough. It's a tough place to win. No. And now the Stanford team, it looks like They're now rolling. with a little bit of perspective, the, the Oregon losing against them is no not not shameful in any way. Not at all. Do you, as much as you think there's value in Arizona, is Oregon underrated or overrated? Oregon, I think. My opinion, the where they're where they should be at they're this point. They're probably rated right now. They're probably rated right. I think that the betting public, the gen, I mean, the the AP USA Today has it right. I think the odds maker has it wrong. He's got Oregon up at number five in the country. So right now, today, he's got them Vegas fifth in the country as of this morning. Las Vegas has them. Oregon fifth best team in the country, while the AP and USA Today have them at eleventh. And usually, I agree with the odds makers, but I said it with Oklahoma. I thought he was wrong when El- when they had him up at number four, and they already had three losses. And I think they're wrong here with Oregon. Oregon needs two wins to win the Pac-10. Arizona's already bowl eligible at six and three. The pressure's off this team, and now they could play spoiler and ruin it for them. I think there's a lot of incentive. But in both cases, we have Max motivated. Uh, Max, Max, sure. Oregon needs to win the win the title. So yeah, absolutely. One final note on Oregon is potent as that offense is, they're averaging 103 yards less per game on the road. Yeah, that two and two on the road. They're a 500 mm. team, at, 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 and uh, you know how t- tough it is to win in Oregon. That's a huge home edge. So. We have a fundamental handicap, which is a great rush D against a rush offense. You've taken the home dog. Absolutely. All right. Now, you've been really hot in college, though you lost your biggest game of the, the biggest year. biggest one. So what's your college record at this point? I uh, 11-1 the last two weeks. And you lost your game of the year. Lost the, the, the big one. Man. Now, these guys, both Marco and VR, did a another video in which they talk about money management and not overdoing it on any one game and you talk about losing that game and we're not going to hide from no, that no excuses is, no, not at all so you can go to pregame.tv and check that out it's called This Week in Vegas This Week in Vegas and you've got Another, or sorry, I lost my train of thought. I was thinking of all the different cool For things this weekend? you're doing. Well, no, you've got, you got a good weekend coming up, but you actually have a situation where you're doing a steam blog uh, where you talk about opening numbers and the line moves and what's your streak oh, on the Oh, that's on fire. Uh, 11 and 3 the last three weeks. And that's been all free so All far. free and for the season, it's hitting at 70%. All right, so you give four, how many games uh, a week? Four to five games. Four to five games. You say, this is what the wise guys, guys are, are on. This is and, I, and this is them taking a position. Absolutely. And w- great record there. Now, you started something else on Thursdays, which is called Line Move Predictions. Yeah, Explain a little bit about you that. You actually brought me the idea and said, dude, if you could help people to get the best number, I think their win percentage is going to increase for guys getting from other handicappers as well. Not just my clients, but everyone's clients. So the question is, do you want to bet early 
or do you want to bet late? And if you can, if you somehow can know a majority of the time which way the line's moving, you can know when to bet. Exactly. And if you can't bet early and you're not playing online, you're making a mistake sure. probably. Go to pregameaction.com. You can check the best deals for online books, which allows you to bet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday if you like a game for Saturday. And, and now, you said you're like if you could help six out of ten, if you could get sixty percent accuracy. And you I remember you asked me, can you think you could do it? I said, yeah, I think I can. Let's give it. Let's do it. Let's put it out so there. So you give like 15 games a yeah, week like and make a line prediction yeah, between Thursday and Saturday how it's going to move. Yeah. And you're like 24 and 5? Yeah, yeah, right around there. So like there. 29, and don't quote me on the exact No, no, it's right like around 30 there. 30 games, you know, there's been like 5, five of them right. wrong. So you would have gotten a better number, 24 or 25 out of 30, by following your advice. Yeah, and even the ones that didn't move, didn't really move against us. And that's us. free, too. Absolutely. Pregame.com free and, and the blogs. Now, this game, minus 6 right now, any line move prediction on it. Play it now or wait? I, I, I think if it gets to 7, the wise guys are going to grab it. The public Public's going to keep betting Oregon, and they're going to tease Oregon. They're going to be all over Oregon. So bet now or wait? Wait. And you think you can get a little you, bit better? I think you, go, you, you should be able to get at least six and a half by waiting, and every half point counts. All right. Good stuff. Next up, we have our fourth of, of six segments, another big game preview, this time in the NFL, and we're going to be previewing Indianapolis at Baltimore. This is segment four of six, big game preview, NFL, the Colts at the Ravens. Vegas Runner, tell us about the line in this game. Interesting line. Uh, Baltimore opened as a one-point home favorite with a total of 45. As of today, Indy is now one-point road favorite, and the total still 45. So we've seen a, a little difference there in opinion. Now, this to me is the first time that Baltimore has been under, not necessarily undervalued, but not valued at a premium yeah, by I Vegas. Agree. I agree. Baltimore has shockingly, you know, been considered one of the best teams. Now they were certainly considered one of the best early. Real hot. Early. But then even after all these losses, it seemed, the line always seemed See, to be yeah. like this team was great. Yeah, yeah. Finally now we're saying at the current number that Indy is four points better on a neutral. Three points for the home for Baltimore. Now that Indy's a one-point favorite, you got a four-point difference. Finally, it's either they love Indy or they finally have gotten off the Baltimore bandwagon. All right, Marco, this is your official free pick. Yes, And it we is. each give one official free pick on our six videos. Now, we also give a lot of leans. Last week you won. We all three won. Yeah. What's your free pick streak right now? Nine and three, sir. Nine and three, right here for free. Right here for free. All right, consensus. All right. Uh, one thing I tout. One other thing for the weekend. I do another free uh, video. I do one on Saturday uh, for the college games on Friday night and Sunday. It's called Inside the Line. Last two weeks, those plays are five and one, free. So you just get on. Do you wear that hat? Sometimes yeah, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I watch it. I do. I watch it. And then you break weekend. down some games. Break for down us. some games. And, and those are free and winning. Those are free and winning. So All right, well, keep awesome. it going. Convinces. What I'm looking at here, everybody knows about last week's game, the Sunday night game. They watched Indianapolis and New England. And there's not anybody that watched the game <laughs> that feels that Indianapolis deserved to win that game. You know, we all agree. You know, they got the ball back at the end of the game. I like to take teams that win ugly. 
the next week. The public, you're going to get the best value you're going to get with the team because they're going to be undervalued. People think that they were lucky in winning. The fact that Indianapolis, in addition to last week's game, but they've had three straight games now that they've dodged a bullet where they very well could have lost. Uh, they played San Francisco two weeks ago and then Houston the week, or three weeks ago, Houston two weeks ago, and then last week against Indianapolis. Going out on the road, they will be focused for this game. Baltimore is a complete sham. Forget this team. They're nothing to what they were last year. Yeah, they held Cincinnati to zero points. Big deal. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. I'm sorry. Cleveland. They may be the worst offense that I've ever <laughs> seen in the NFL. It sounds like he's quoting me last week. <laughs> a beautiful free pick on <laughs> yeah, was, was a nice thing. And got donuts. Zero yeah, that points. Was nice. that That's was nice. a lot. What I'm concerned about with this Baltimore team is where's their offense gone? You know, forget the fact that Cleveland could. All right, score. so hold on a sec. Is this a value play? It sounds like there's no matchups here. There's no motivate. It sounds like a value play. You think Baltimore's underrated? Or excuse me, overrated? Yes. And you think Indy is underrated off of last week? Yes. Now this is what this is where I really question things. We in an earlier video we talked about LSU, and your rationale was LSU was underrated in this spot against Mississippi. Now you're saying the Colts with Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, and the undefeated nine and zero, nine and zero are underrated, and you've got good reasons for both. In a narrow sense, uh, not to go back to the LSU, you can watch that video, but in this case you're saying they didn't look great on a marquee Sunday night game, so people are coming away thinking they're not quite as good. But it seems like that's a micro, narrow focus, which is accurate, but there's a bigger focus, which is the Colts are undefeated, they have Manning a quarterback, and everyone loves them. Do you really think when you weigh the Sunday night effect with the big picture effect and in, in, in that, in total, they're underrated. Because of three straight weeks that they have not performed superior. People that have bet Indianapolis, even though they're 9-0, and they're 0-3 the last three weeks. The public's losing money betting the Colts. All right, so that's a good point because, again, we always talk about when it's an in-season ATS streak, it's about people are remembering yeah. that when Actual it's in-season. All right, as a handicapper, what's the one factor jumps out at you, VR, for this game? I don't like to disagree, especially with the free pick, as hot as Marco's been. And But coming in, I'll tell you the truth, my lean was towards Baltimore in this game. The line move has scared me off it as of right now. But statistically and handicap-wise, I like Baltimore um, for one reason. Indianapolis... But, but let's think, I'm sorry to interrupt because you, sure. you haven't been talking a lot, but the line move... Uh, for Indy, uh, now they're always, on the favorite. Yeah, what we always talk about is is how a line move on a marquee team could either be a, a potential buyback or a right. genuine move. Right. When you look at this Colts line move, it, how certain are you this is true steam? Uh, no, I'm not worried that it's true steam. What I want to see is as the weekend gets here, is the betting public looking at Baltimore as having value now that they're a home dog? If it gets to one and a half, if it gets to two. Because the only way this line's going is up from here. 
Baltimore will not get down to a pick and it won't go to favor. So I just want to see the perception. My my. But why would that make you? If the line keeps going up, why would you like Baltimore less? You're getting. I'd more like them more at that point. So I want to see if, if if what they do with that money that comes in. So you're leaning towards Baltimore now. Yeah. But if you get even more value, you might make it a best. Bet. And make it an, exactly an official play. And the reason for this is, is simple. Indy has not been able to run the ball at all. I mean, this team's 29th in the NFL in rushing, so all they've been doing is throwing. And yes, they're the best in football at doing that this year. Um, but now you're challenging this Baltimore defense, and I know they're not as good as they have been in past years, but they've been doing well with this bend and don't break. I mean, they're not allowing too many how, well, points. How have they been doing well? Uh, here's who they beat this year. Kansas City. At San Diego, which is a one, the one win I look right. at and say is a nice win, though San Diego was beat up big yeah, time damn. that game. They beat Cleveland twice mm -hmm. and a Denver team. And now Baltimore was home. I mean, Denver's at least an average team, if not yeah. a little bit better. But Baltimore was home, and we've now seen this Denver team is probably average or slightly above. Who have they? I mean, I don't understand. They were getting dominated by the Vikings before trying to come back. Supposedly, the fact they kind of played New England tight is a sign they're they're good. And then the Bengals, who are a good team, physically beats them up beat twice. Them up. I totally agree with Marco. I entered in this game saying, "How good is this Baltimore team?" What I'm shocked by is this line. I mean, the idea right now is Colts team is That's four points better. I mean, it, I mean, let's go back to the Dallas Green Bay. You had your your winner last week was Green Bay. We have a team Green Bay that a lot of people think it was, or at least before last week, was in the bottom third of the league against a super hot Cowboy team, and the line opened a pick and went to three for Dallas. This line is already past where that line opened up. Can you really say the relative difference between Indy and Baltimore is greater or as great as Green Bay and Dallas entering last week? Yeah, I can't argue with that comparison of it. I'm still looking at this game. The one factor, we keep talking Baltimore, and you guys keep mentioning their defense. I want I'm not mentioning their defense. Yeah. I want to talk about their offense. In the last two weeks, they scored seven points against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's got a decent defense. Yeah, look at the, okay. the, the Pittsburgh. Okay, but they scored 16 points <laughs> last week to Cleveland. S seven of those were on a pick six from Brady Quinn, and three of them was on an interception deep in their territory that – Gave him a chip shot field goal. This team hasn't scored any points in two weeks. Uh, I just and you're going against Peyton Manning. This this should have came out as Indy minus three. I mean, how Indy came out well, as that's a dog. Case, how do you like Baltimore? This is going to the old school, the Marco talk. How can how can I like Indy in this spot? I, here's here's how the game's going to go down. You got ten seconds. Here's how the game's going to go down. <laughs> Baltimore's going to run, 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 run with Rice and McGahee. They convert fifty percent on third downs at home. Indy allows 45% third down conversions on the road. Paint Man is going to spend his whole afternoon on the sidelines watching this defense, this offense, run the ball up and down the field. They're going to end up beating this Indy team by three. Indy goes back home nine and one, I'm telling you now. All right, we've got to wrap quick. Great. We're going to have another NFL game. We're looking at the Sunday night game next. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or you can download and listen. Just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment five of six, big game preview, Sunday night football, Chicago, Philadelphia. Vegas runner, tell us about the line. All right, this one opened up with Philly as a road favorite, minus two and a half with a total of 44 and a half. As of this morning, Philly's minus three 
and the over-under is 45. So a significant move towards the favorite now that it's on the key number of three and a little bit of money on the over. As we talked about, all half points are not created equal. Going on three in the NFL is the biggest move possible. Absolutely. All right, Marco, as a handicapper, what jumped out at you about this game? Well, I like to look at the games from last week and look at the box scores and see if there's anything misleading in any of them. And what jumped out is last week, even though Philadelphia lost to San Diego, they won the stats 462 yards to 331. So you got a huge disparity there in yardage uh, and a misleading final. All right, so... You're saying then that what jumps out at you is this Philly team is potentially playing better than it seems. Better than last week's game would indicate yes. I agree with you there. Okay, so no official free pick on this game, unless I'm mistaken. No, sir, you are correct. All right, and so the question is, VR, as you're looking at it as a handicapper, do you have a lean on this game? Uh, yeah, uh, my lean initially is to the over. Um, reason being, I think this Philly team's a little tired uh, going out west playing San Diego. Now they go home. Now they got to fly back out to Chicago. So it's a little shorter preparation time. Uh, I think that's going to give Chicago a little edge. And I think we also gain an edge on the total because everyone saw what Chicago did last Thursday night on national television, only being able to put up six points, was it? I didn't Sam see it. Fran. I fell asleep. It was so boring. So I think we get a little line value because of that. I think this total would have been closer to like 47, 48. And I think there's a, there's a little bit of value there. Got to do a little more work. I was looking to take the dog, but I see that there's a surface difference. And Philly 7-2 and two against the spread the last nine on grass. But were they a dog since they were on the road? So I got to dig a little deeper and see. When they do the surface change, they've covered, but was that in the dog position? Because now they're a road favorite, so it's a big difference. It seems like there's been a big swing. I mean, this Chicago team was right there and in, in win, season win projections with Green Bay and with Minnesota. Yep. They were all right around nine, if I remember correctly. And now this Chicago team is being looked at as the bottom the third of yep. the league. So it... it you, Marco, you were saying Philly may be a little underrated. Chicago, are they properly rated, underrated, overrated? Well, I was just about to bring up a good point, and you were talking about the win totals at the beginning of the season. These two teams played last year, so I think we would all agree that right now, at this point of the season, Chicago's playing worse than they were last year. Even though the projections were higher, this team's playing bad right now. And just not to interrupt, because to take your thought, but going back to what you said, the perception, I went back for this game too and, and to see what line did they have over the summer, like we spoke about in the earlier preview, the games you could bet the marquee games, since this is a Sunday night game, they had a lineup. They had Chicago as a one-point favorite. So now you're talking about a four-point swing the other way. But last year, Philly come into Chicago on a Sunday night game. And if you remember, yeah. me and you had this game uh -huh. in the Money Talks game. I remember. And they withstood the, the fourth, fourth, and, the goal. fourth and goal to preserve the win uh, Philadelphia yep. did. And the line was three last year, the same uh -huh. number that we're looking at this year. So 
Again, but the we, game was in Philly last year. No, it was it in, in Chicago. It was All right, in Chicago. so okay, so you're saying that relatively last year, relatively this year, the teams are considered the same, but you're saying that's a sign, perhaps, that the the number's a little short, and the Philly should be a bigger favorite because you think Chicago's playing so bad. That's the perception I would say, but me being the opposite guy that I am, that would make me lean to the home dog. That, Chicago, that they're huh? putting this lineup that people are going to look for Philly to bounce back. Stepping down in class off of the San Diego game last week. But I will, I you're actually saying, have two saying, opinions in you're, this you're, game. You're saying that Philly lane three right now, which is where the market's at, is you think that the first instinct of the square batter is, man, that's a value, that's a short number. Yes. Yeah, I say seven to ten bets why, come in on Philly. So if that's the all right, so when you say seven or ten bets, seven what of if, ten, seven, of, seven 10. of ten. Okay, so you're seeing Philly as the value here. It makes you wonder why they open that game at two and a half. Yeah, I'm surprised too. I I I think they wanted to see where the sharps stand on this because Chicago has a huge home field edge when you look at. All their overall performance this year. This team's one and four on the road. So definitely, when they play home, they they play much better. They're three and one at home. So it's a it's a huge swing for them. Chicago has two edges in this game. One is obvious, and one is not. The obvious edge that they've got is they played on Thursday night last week, so extra. they got extra prep time. The other edge that a lot of people may not consider, and this is what makes me like the over with you. I, my leans are actually Chicago and over in this game. but We agree on this one. We agree on this one, so no bets unless RJ wants to get in. But the Bears' offensive coordinator, his brother is the head coach of the San Diego Chargers. So you can rest assured that these two will talk during the week. And big brother, or I don't know who's the older brother of the two, but the two brothers will talk, and he'll tell them some of the things that worked last week and what didn't work, you know, what they, you know, in-game. And that'll help the Bears in their uh, preparation this week. That's a good – I didn't even look at that, and that's a good point. Look at Philly. That's old school. Two and a half weeks ago, <laughs> two and a half weeks ago, Philly was 5-2. Uh, it's old school, except you found that out on the Internet, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> the new school way. No, two weeks ago, we were talking about this Philly team as they could win the NFC East if they could get past the Giants. They were sitting at 5-2, and two, and now everyone's talking about this Philly team as are they even going to make the playoffs. I think it, they can't run the ball, man. Without West broke. They're just not themselves. He's out this way. Yeah, the concussion. Well, they're saying if his head hurts. No, no, I guess now now they're saying he's out. 100%. That's what I've seen, and we're taping on Wednesday. To me, this Philly team is just always one of these teams that people always think they're better. There's always a premium on them. There's always, you know, people think McNabb's going to play well. For whatever reason, they're like San Diego in that. They always seem to underperform, almost always. But people always seem to think the next week is the week it's going to happen. Fantasy points. I I rarely see uh, value on Philly. The Chicago team, one, is uh, Cutler and his attitude. You know, it's easy not to like that. But two, we talk about profiling teams. This Chicago team doesn't strike me as a team that likes to get smacked in the mouth. In fact, they're, they've only covered one of eight as an underdog. So, yeah, if they can throw and blow teams out, they do fine ATS. When they're the inferior team, at least in the last eight, they haven't done so well quit, with that. Yeah. All right, so, Marco, we actually every week in one of our six uh, videos or on the audio podcast, we give away a $10 coupon, no questions asked. If you want to get any best bets over at pregame.com, or you can go to the best bet section directly at pregamepros.com. Give us the coupon for this week. Well, the talk all week 
has been punt or not punt, so we're going to use the coupon, punt <laughs> 10, because that's what you should have did, Belichick, punt. I like that. That's what he should have done. Well, that's what he should have <laughs> done. All right, so punt, P-U-N-T, one zero, all one word. When you're checking out a pregame, you throw it in the coupon, you get $10 off, and if your whole package is $10 or less, you it's actually, on you. It's on us, huh? <laughs> you get it for free. Speaking of Belichick, I actually did some mathematical work on that decision and actually came up with the math saying Belichick was right. That's I heard actually it. I heard it up, on in, the, the up in the forums. And Colin Coward talked about it. it. And uh, my article was published at National Football Post, which is a Mike Lombardi site. So uh, if you're interested, check that out in the forums. The $10 coupon. Now, who's extra hot, real quick, in pros? Two guys, I got to tell you. Dwayne Bryant. He hit two games of the year last weekend. He's 12-3 and three with his last 15. And as good as that is, Tony George is upstaging him 14 winners in a row. In Put a your sunglasses in. You're hot, too. 11-1, oh, right? This is the sign of how hot VR is. Look at this. All right, let's fade out. That's it. Let's okay. fade out with this. It's too bright. All right, this has been our fifth, <laughs> this has been our fifth segment. Next up, our sixth segment, Monday Night Football Preview. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment six of six, big game preview, Monday night football. We've got the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans. Tell us about the line, Vegas runner. All right. This one opened up. Houston is a three and a half point home favorite with a total of 49. As of this morning, Houston's been bet up to four and a half point home favorite. And the total's been bet down to 48. A little strange after they put up 65 points in the first meeting. And it's a Monday night game. Okay. So, now, when you say, and it's a Monday night game. With the attendance, the trend has been overs in Monday night. Not with Cleveland last week. But the tendency is for the players to go over Monday uh, night. Speaking of Cleveland, last week on my official free pick and uh, on the podcast, we all went 3-0 and combined. I had under... In the Browns team under total, at fi- yeah, at 15 <laughs> was the under. Marco was like, that it can't be 15 because the line w- wasn't actually out. Well, it actually was 15, and they scored zero. Could have and been under three. A, a lot of people would be resting on that, but I'm going to be giving an official pick on in Monday this game. night. Uh, on this Monday night game, right now, back official pick. Back prime time. Yeah, that's that's the way I, you know, that's the way I roll, baby. <laughs> All right. Tell them the ones they want to know about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No Utah No Louisiana Lafayette's out of RJ this week. Well, there's two theories on uh, prime time games. One is everyone knows everything about the game. I actually come on the other theory, which too. is the more the public's involved, the more chance there are is for great line value. I because agree. really, there's two ways to beat the bookie. One is to know more than the bookie, which is possible on the niche games, on right. the small conferences. But on the on the NFL, it's hard to know more, more than, than the bookie. Half, yeah. But the key is when the public's really involved in the game, it's not really known more than the bookie. It's known more than the public because the line's being made even more so for the public action in a big game. And people always say, whenever you talk to someone and they find out you're you know, a sports betting authority or whatever, is they say, is the line made to split the action or is the line made to split the results? Well, in truth, it's a spectrum. If a game has hardly any public action, like a Utah State type right. game, it's going to be to split the result. Well, yeah. If a game like the Super Bowl was purely to split the action and 
it's a spectrum in between. So a game like a Monday night's probably 80% towards splitting the public action. I agree totally. Which means there's value. I, I agree totally. I think both primetime games some have some of the highest value for such marquee matchups. And you've been hot in Monday Night Football. Yeah, and I love picking apart primetime. Alright, so my pick is Houston, and it's really simple. This Tennessee team has been a team all year, except for a week or two, yep. that everyone has wanted to say, oh, they're better than we think. And it's one thing to say, oh, this team is you know, 0-4, but man, they're not a bad team. And sometimes that means you want to back that team. But if everyone thinks they're not a bad team when they're 0-4 and the line is acting like they're 3-1, and then there's no value. If anything, there's value the other way. And except for there was a week or two when people finally said, geez, Tennessee is that horrible. Bad, yeah. The line was adjusted. But now they've won a few games in a row. It's back to, oh, this is the team that had the best record in the NFL last year and was the number one seed in the AFC. So as I look at this, I think... Vince Young, I am not a believer, and I think if anything, this is a, amazingly, I think this is a worse team, and then with you know Collins as quarterback, and I look at this Houston team as a good team, and it's really a value play against Tennessee for me, and you know I have a stat on it saying Houston is six and zero after a loss, ATS, so apparently they're bouncing back fine. They're off the Colts loss. They had a bye. I, this is almost like a coming out party for them on Monday Night Football. I think it's a statement game. I think there's value. To me, this line should be 6.5 or 7, and that's where the value is. I, 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 that's the side that I lean right now, too. I mean, it's too early with Monday night. You want to see what happens Sunday, what is pending on Monday night. And you play a lot of totals on Monday, too. Exactly. Right? And I like to see how the books did because then they'll adjust the Monday night line. But I agree with you. They, Houston's had a week off to get that taste of Indianapolis that because that was a letdown for them. They were finally saying, you know, if we could get past that hurdle. No, but there's two ways. But there's two ways to respond to that. One is disappointment. Two is affirmation that we're good enough to we outplayed the Colts. Right. Now let's go out and prove. And it. what better time than prime time Monday Night Football in Houston? The place is going to be rocking. I, they Martha. haven't had many uh, exactly. Monday Night games in Houston. That's for sure. This type of game presents a problem because the Tennessee team when you handicap them you have to handicap them as two, two different teams, teams. Yeah. there was a team pre Vince Young and team with Vince Young is this for real with Vince Young right Scoring now 30 it's, every week it's hard to say because the three wins came against Jacksonville who was highly overrated coming into the season San Francisco which we're now seeing is not as good yeah. as people thought they were their First improvement two weeks. was going to be and Buffalo was you know, th that team's just falling apart. Buffalo may be the second one. More importantly, none of them teams you just mentioned can throw the ball. And Tennessee's biggest weakness is against the pass. And what did Schaub do last time they met? Four touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing. You know what you're going to get with Tennessee. They run the ball. Last time they played them, they ran for 250 yards, handed the ball 40 times. They can't do nothing else, really. Right, but, but they did. They, they did now, the last three weeks. Can they continue that? That's the The dip. one thing is, like you said, they did torch Houston's defense with the big running, running plays. Yeah. Now you've still got that running game, and you've got the element of the running quarterback. All right, so you... Uh, in typical Marco fashion, you, you you framed what you see as the big question is, is this the same team? You know, is this current incarnation of Tennessee 
similar in quality to the early season team that was losing all the time? And, or are they different? What's your opinion? I think that right now they're, they're better than they were early in the season, but they're not as good as people are making them out to be with Vince Young. They're winning because of who they're playing. I think this week we will really get a barometer on what this team is for the rest of the season. Houston, the edges do go to them. Two weeks to prepare. Prior to that bye week, and Houston still was playing good, they played a stretch, which is just doesn't happen in the NFL. Mm -hmm. They played four of five games on, on the, the road. road. Yeah, That was a huge disadvantage for them. And then to go in on that fifth week to Indianapolis at the time was, you know, people regarded as, you know, one of the two best teams in the NFL. You don't think they're considered one of the two best teams now? They still are, but they've had so many close wins that people don't think they're as dominant. As dominant. And then the injury to Sanders hurts that defense, you know, a lot. I, you know, people love them, but I don't think they think that they can go undefeated, you know, where they possibly were talking undefeated a couple weeks ago. So I like, you know, I would lean right now. Oh, let me quote. Go ahead. I would lean to Houston if you put the gun to my head right now because I think the Tennessee's overrated and the crowd is going to be electric on Monday night for a All rare right. home game. So, real quick, in 20-second answer, you think Jacksonville has underperformed this year? Jacksonville, yeah. I mean, there were people I mean, who They're on pace for the playoffs. I'm not impressed with them at all. All right. I mean, it's hard to say that. I mean, they're certainly on pace for their season win total. So I think it's hard to say. I, I'm not impressed with Jacksonville either, but I think it's hard pressed to say that they underperformed. A couple other things that concern me, though, I, I'm on Houston. Even though I think this might be kind of a fake results with Tennessee, there is an energy. There's a psychological element. They are winning now. Mm -hmm. So I think the energy is probably up. And it's like Vince Young, hey, maybe he can take us yeah, to the, the promised land. And Tennessee, as a profile, uh, to profile this team as good as a dog. They've covered 16 to 23 as a dog. All that said, I am making my official free pick on Houston. All right, great show this week, guys. Great energy. Three more free picks. Remember, we're, gonna, we're here every week. We're up usually Wednesday night. Uh, and we look at the weekend action, and you can check that out at pregame.tv, all of that. Or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. 